I want to say good morning, but that's really weird. So good afternoon. Uh, it, is, it is great to be back with family again. And I don't say that lightly. It is true. This is family. Because before I even got out of the car, I was welcomed. Hi, Robbie. Great to see you again. And that's really, really cool. Because it means that actually I made a really bad impact the last time I was here and nobody wants me to return again. Um, before I get into the message, a few things. Actually, that, that video that you've just seen about human trafficking, um, I have the pleasure, if that's what you would call it, to work very closely with a good friend of mine called uh, Mark Morgan, who heads up an organization called Stella's Voice. Some of you may or may not know of Stella's Voice. I have worked with them in the past, and uh, I have visited Moldova. Um, Stella's Voice was born out of a need to go and help some orphans many, many, many years ago uh, to bring clothing to orphanages where the mold was finger deep on walls, where there was no heat, where there was nothing. And Stella's voice was set up to actually serve those kids. And while they were doing that, they discovered that there was something much, much, much deeper and sinister going on. And that was the sale of human life. We, it's almost like, it's almost like if we go back to the 80s and Live Aid, hunger didn't exist because we had bread on our table. But yet people were dying every minute of every day. And Live Aid did something about it and brought it to our attention. And then we had the Bosnian conflict and actually all you've got to do now is look at Syria, which is even worse than Bosnia. And what do you do about that? What are we doing as the kingdom of God? Let me tell you that one of the greatest atrocities, that's the only word I can think about, of today is human trafficking. And because it doesn't affect us directly, we don't think it works. We don't think it's there. We don't think it exists. I've seen Mark, I've been in the minibus with Mark when he did a handbrake turn to go get a girl who was dropped off at a hotel by accident. I said, what are you doing? He said, she is on her own. She's 19. They will get her. They've set up orphanages in Moldova, not for the reason of looking after babies. When The state system in Moldova, I'm very sorry, I will get to my word very shortly, but you need to hear this. I want you to hear this because of October 20th. The state system in Moldova is when you are 16, if you're in care, you are put out on the streets. End of story. The state system also in Moldova, I hate to say it, sells the information to the highest bidder. So that when the boys and girls, it's both, turn up in uh, the capital, because they've got nowhere else to go, they get off the bus and they are offered employment. They're naive. So they take the employment. I won't go into the graphics, but I've been told of the graphics, it is Horrific. Absolutely horrific to the point where they break the will of the child within 48 hours and then push the child east so the child can be cleaned up and then sell the child to the highest European bidder. That can be Ireland, the UK, any English speaking, any, any European nation. 
And it's generally for one thing. It's generally for one purpose. We're adults, I don't have to go into it. At some stage, probably in the autumn, I'll bring Mark over from the UK to spend some time around churches just talking about it. I can introduce you to some amazing, beautiful, wonderful girls and boys who have been rescued from a life that could have been a disaster. And they are going on with God. And they now are going back into orphanages to teach kids about what will or could happen if they're not careful. There's a really good cycle. So please get behind this. It's an amazing thing to do. And it's a sad state of affairs that we have to actually bring it to an attention and say human trafficking exists. It really is a sad state of affairs. Let me talk about today, perfectly imperfect. This is a message that God's laid on my heart uh, in the last probably week or so. So I think actually it's probably for you guys, but for every one of us. Perfectly imperfect. Do you ever have a situation where you kind of, you look at somebody like Brian, or actually more importantly, you know, Anne's perfect, but you look at Brian and you think, one day, one day I want to be like Brian. You know, happy birthday, by the way. Happy birthday. We, we, we look at people who are, who are in the front line and we say, I want to be like them. You know, hands up those of you who want to be like me. You better be good at this. Come on, hands up. Yay, don't. Don't be like me at all, okay? You see, the thing about it is, we, we tend to look at others through rose-tinted glasses and say, if only I was like them. If only I could do what they do. If only I could preach. If only I could be a pastor. If only I could pray. If only I had the gift of prophecy. If only I could sing. If only, if only, if only, if only. And what happens? We actually begin to get to ourselves and we remove ourselves from the what if God. Because we disqualify ourselves to the point where we don't believe we're good enough. Because actually, I'm not the pastor. I'll never be holy enough. I'm not the Bible teacher because actually I didn't do a Bible degree. And we get to that stage where we, we, we unqualify ourselves by our own doubt. Our own unself-belief, whatever the word is. I'm, I'm struggling with my worms today. I don't know why. So I'm no good. I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. These are things that we tell ourselves. Now, I tell myself this pretty much all the time. And then I have to slap myself and go, it's not about how good you are, it's about how good he is. And that sounds like really Christian-y, isn't it? It's, just, it's a real Christian kind of, oh, get him. He's all holy. No, I'm not. He knows me. We have good coffees together. So important to have honest people in your life who will tell you the good and tell you the bad. So important to have people who come alongside of you and get, get a grip, with you cop onto yourself. Or, no, I'm praying with you on that one. Because actually we need that. As people, we need it, okay? We go through this, if only I was like him or like her. Years ago, I left, I left Ireland in 1985. And uh, I had this wonderful plan that I was going to go to the UK for three years I was going to get some money. I was going to buy a car. Who remembers the wedge-shaped rovers, the SD1s? The, some of you are probably way... You re, yeah, good. Okay, you remember the SD, the SD rover. I wanted an SD rover. I thought, 
I'll go to the UK, I'll save some money, I'll buy myself an SD Rover, and I'll come back to Ireland in three years and go, look at me. Guess what didn't happen? <laughs> yeah, Rover went bang, so I never bought one. What didn't happen was my plan didn't happen. But God's plan happened, and in July 85, I moved to the UK. In August 88, I married my wife, Lynn. So we celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary this month. God's plans are very different than our plans. And he sees us very differently. When we look in the mirror, we see, eh, and God looks, yes, I created them. I love her. I love him. The potential is incredible. When you look at a, 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 an acorn, what do you see? You see a, a, a prickly little thing, yeah? But the potential in that, in that seed is a mighty oak. It's huge. The potential is enormous and God sees your potential. He doesn't see what we see. So in my early years in Milton Keynes in, in England, I, I was walking with God. I had some very, very wonderful people with me and helping me. And I had a wonderful life really walking with God and learning. And I, I used to look at my spiritual dad up the front there. I call him my spiritual dad. If I could call him my actual dad, I would. Uh, wonderful man. And I'd say, one day I want to be like Dave. One day I'm going to be like Dave. Oh, such a, a wise man, such a loving pastor, incredible man, kingdom man, family man. Everything that you would like rolled up into your dad, all there. And one day I'm going to be like Dave. And then I would move and go, actually, let's, let's get a bit closer to where I'm really at. And say, one day I'm going, to like, I'm going to be like Andy, another pastor friend of mine, evangelist out there, you know, preaching to the cows, preaching to the trees, meeting people on the street, laying hands on them, healing the sick, all the, you know, on fire for Jesus. And I think one day, one day I'm going to be that way. One day. And I remember praying these prayers, genuine, heartfelt prayers. And then God arrested me. God stopped me and said, what are you doing? And I remembered it was a Sunday morning. I was saying, God, I want to be like that. And he said, I don't want you to be like that. I didn't create you to be Dave or Andy. I want you to be who you are. I want you to be Irish. I don't want you to be English because you weren't born in England. We have a DNA that is who we are. I am Irish through my core. Whether I sound it or not is another issue. But I am. Because I was born and raised in Dublin, in Kulak. Kulak, how are you? How are you? In the north side, I was born in the north side. I go on. <laughs> Were you really? I was. It wasn't my fault, no. It was just it was where, where my family was. But I was, I was raised a Dubliner. And here I am trying to conform to something I'm not supposed to conform to. Hands up those of you who try to conform to people that you see or you try to say, one day I'm going to be like him or her. Today, God is saying to you, I don't want that for you. I want you to be who I created you to be. So I began to undo some things within me. I began to become very radical in a very conservative Britain. Because let's be honest, I mean, the IRS just kind of, we, we mix it up a bit. We do mix it up a bit. Yeah. I began to, 
this is going to sound weird, okay? I began to stop thinking about how things are spelt and do I get it outright? Is it these or those or T's or DAOs? I didn't care anymore. There was a point where I really didn't care. Because actually being Irish is special. Being from Belarus is special. Being from the UK is special. Being from France is special. America, wherever you are in the world, wherever God has placed you, wherever God has born you into is special. You have a DNA within you and God says, that's what I want. I want to find that in you. But I'm not good enough. No, you're not. I'm not. But if we believe that, we believe the lie of the devil all day long that says you're not good enough. And on that basis, we become ineffective for Christ. But I'm saved. Yeah, yeah. See, if you're not saved, the devil's number one priority is to make sure you don't get saved. That's his number one priority. If I can stop you becoming a Christian, I win. When you do get saved, he goes, great, I've lost that game. But now I'm going to stop you being effective. If I can put doubt in your mind, if I can put a little seed, a little on your shoulder, somebody who whispers, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. We begin to doubt it and we begin to shrink back and we begin to not be effective because actually we believe that our strength comes from us. It does not. Who does our strength come from? We sang it this morning. Things we do at UCB are are quite extraordinary sometimes. And the biggest step of faith, as you well know, is our word for today right now. And it is a massive step of faith. We've decided to do our own. This is our second edition. It's for community. Hands up. I mean, you got two hands? One, two? Yeah, take one for yourself and one for someone else. All right? Find a friend. Give them, give them some hope. I didn't write it. Praise God. Bob Gast did. Okay? Pass it on. Okay? Message of hope. But these are the things that we do, and sometimes these things are really, really scary. And recently, Lynn and myself have gone through a phase of what have we done? Because financially, of course, you see, be around about 10,000 euro every quarter to pay for and deliver word for today, 10, 11,000 euro. That's over and above what it costs to run UCB. So it's approximately, what is it, 40 odd grand a year? And I won't go into the story right now, but we're in a situation where what was promised didn't turn up, blah, 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 blah. But God does. God does. And we put in for a funding bid with somebody to cover the cost of word for today, for the next year. And we didn't get the full amount. And I'm being honest with you, I saw the text and I went, great. Great. Oh, we didn't get the full amount. We got what we need for the next edition. So we now have three months of growing time without worrying about what will happen for November, December, January because it's already paid for. You see, if sometimes God gives you everything that you want at the same time all at once, you go, yay, now I don't need to trust him. So we're living in a time, Lynn and myself, for UCB Ireland, a time of every step is that right? Every step, is it right? If we had all the funding, we'd go, yay, let's skip. 
Let's just go wherever we want. It doesn't work that way. The kingdom of God doesn't work that way. So when you're looking at yourself and say, I don't believe who I am. And I don't believe God has a plan for me. I want to tell you you're wrong. Scripture tells you you're wrong. History tells you you're wrong. Our heroes of faith tell you you're wrong. Did that series a couple of years ago here, Heroes of Faith. All of those people who walk with God and have walked with God and will walk with God are all just like you and me. They carry some kind of limp that says, I must put my trust in Him. I have to. Because if I don't, it's just words. That's all it is. God doesn't only look for people in the highest places, the highest education, the highest of degrees. He doesn't look at any of that. He looks at what? The heart. That's what he looks for. He's not interested in... When I go to heaven, and I'm believing in faith that I'll get there, okay? I've got a bus pass. So when I go to heaven, okay, and I stand before the throne of God, God's not going to turn around to me and say, Well done, Robbie. CEO of UCB Ireland, European director for UCB, musician, author. He's not going to look at any of that. Actually, all I want him to do is say, well, good, well done, good and faithful servant. That's all. We did good there, didn't we, Rob, when we teamed up? That's all we need. We don't need all the other stuff. I'm not dissing it. Please don't hear that. Every one of us in this room is what I call perfectly imperfect. Because if we were perfect, full stop, then we would have no need for a Savior. We would have no need for the kingdom of God in our lives. We would have no need for the Holy Spirit to drive us, to lead us, to guide us. We would have no need for any of that. But because of our imperfections, God goes, now I can work. Now see my glory. Now see what I can do with Robbie Frawley. Now see what I can do with Brian or Anne or anyone. Now see it. You see, the beauty of this booklet is, right now, it can never be said that Robbie and Lynn made it happen. Had we got the deal that we were promised at the early part of this year, I could have rubbed my hands together with Lee and gone, it's all done. I had meetings and I had meetings and we did deals and I signed contracts and I got it sorted. <laughs> Very first edition of Word for Today that came out, still on the back down there, the one with the, Ireland, the map of Ireland on the front. The deal for that fell apart three weeks before you got it on your table. You don't get anything printed three weeks before it's due to land on your table. Never mind the deal to get it done. Five days. A non-Christian got in touch with me and said, what an honor to be part of something so significant for our nation. I'm going to print it. I went, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? It was a weekend. It was Friday the 13th. I'm not superstitious at all. But I just remember the date, 8 p.m., Friday the 13th, and I'd pulled out of the deal, and I thought, what am I going to do? I'm sick to the core. And this guy said to me, don't worry about it, we got it. 
I said, yeah, but he said, send me everything. So we sent him everything. This was nighttime, sent it to his home address, and he sent me back a text. Got it all. Don't worry about it. Relax. Enjoy the weekend. Then I got a text from him on Monday. He said, it'll be with you on Friday. I thought, the guy's joking. It arrived on Wednesday. See, when God's in the mix, when it's God's miracle, I can honestly stand before you. Please hear this with the most, the, 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 the biggest honesty I can give you. This booklet right now is UCB's miracle. It is not Robbie's miracle. It is not Lynn's miracle. It is God pro- provided uh, the last edition, MJJ with the Ireland on the front of it. Absolute miracle. This one, we're still thinking, God, how are we going to pay for this? absolute miracle. The next one's now covered. Why? Because when you take a step of faith and God sees what you're doing, you're okay, I'm ahead of you now. I've got it. I'm ahead of you. All right? Believe you me, I'm very imperfect. Very imperfect. God sees you as you are. Warts and all. Can't do that. God see can't. I can't let God see that imperfection in me. Guess what? He does. Beyond who you are and beyond what you see and beyond what you give him, he sees it all. And he's just going, come on. Come on, look at what I've got for you. He has a plan right now for each and every one of us. But I don't know what that plan is. Okay, Brian said there's going to be some prayer later on. Let's start praying to find out what God's plan is for your life. I'm not good enough. No, you're not, but he is. He is. And when we lose this whole kind of, I am not qualified or good enough, we get to the stage where we go, whoa, no, but my dad is. And my dad owns the world. And actually with him, I can do anything. What is it the scripture says? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, what's all things in your life right now? Brian was saying, what's your miracle? We were singing about it. What's your miracle? What is the thing you're pushing for? What is the thing you're praying for? I know what I'm praying for. Most of it's wrapped around the ministry we oversee. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm praying for. I'm going, God, where's your miracle? He goes, take a step, Rob. Yeah, but God, no, no, just take a step. Okay, one step. No, no, I can't. Yeah, you can. I've got you, son. Take a step. Okay, okay, what next? And your other leg. Come on. <laughs> no, no, I'm happy here. No, you're not. You're not, because you've got one, one leg in the kingdom and one leg you're still holding fast to what I get. Come on, come on. And sometimes you have to drag it. I'm here. And he goes, great, now I've got you. Now, son, let's see what will happen. See, God used some really, really strange people in the past. Let me give you an idea very quickly. I know time is pushing on. In the book, th- these are all Bible, Bible people, okay? Jacob, he was a cheater. Okay, you're just going to read, read about him, okay? Peter had a bad temper. No, really? Yeah. My hero, my absolute hero. They call him foot and mouth disease. Why? Because he used to take one foot out and put the other foot in straight away. I mean, there was just like, but I love him to bits. I can't wait to see him one day and go, you are my hero. And do you know what he'll do? He'll point straight to Jesus and say, no, he is. Incredible. He slices the ear off the soldier. Jesus heals him. What's that out of? You're not taking my master. David. 
the book of Psalms, David. David is a bit of a lad. Okay? He gets anointed king at the age of 14, 15, when he was almost left out with the sheep. And Jesse said, well, I've got one more, but he's out there. He's only a kid. Bring him here. And God said, that's the one. Anoint him. He's my king. 14 or 15 years of age, he's my king. Now, what has David done up to this point? Strummed a few chords on his lyre or his guitar or whatever it was. Worked out a couple of sheep. Smacked the, the bear and the lion. You know, kind of had a bit of a... Didn't go to Bible college. Didn't go to seminary. Wasn't trained in the art of being a real good pastor. Didn't have degrees in this and degrees in that. He was a shepherd. The lowest of the lowest of the low out there because he was the kid in the family. And David gets all of this. And actually for the first part of David's reign as king, although he never did, he was a wonderful guy. Wouldn't let anybody touch Saul. All sorts of things. There was a whole bunch of stuff going on. And then David does become king in the place. And what happens? Women. (laughs) Women. It was your woman down there. And you see, David has this problem because David can't stand there and go, she enticed me. No, she didn't. She was, how many feet away? He was on the roof. She was bathing in the pool. He could have turned around. No, he would (laughs) I'll have me a bit of that. Thanks very much. Now it's cultural, it's all sorts of things, but it goes deeper than that. It goes to the point where actually David tries to deceive everybody, even to the point where she gets up, because she falls pregnant, gets out there, husband goes out, all sorts of things, killed, everything. <laughs> Crazy. Had an affair and a murderer. What did God say of David? What did God say of David? A man after my own heart. How many mistakes have you made? Don't put your hands up. Because I've made too many to put my hands up. I want to be able to say, Robbie's a man after my heart. Okay? We've all made mistakes. We've all got it wrong. We've all got a past. But we've got a future in Christ. Gideon was insecure. Mighty Malavalar, he was called. He was insecure in what he did. He defeated the Amalekites with 300 people. Gideon, down in a hole, hiding in a wine press. And the angel comes down and goes, yo, mighty man. (laughs) Yeah, go away. Come on, step up. Miriam was a gossip. Thomas doubted. His best friend said, we've seen Jesus. No, you haven't. Yeah, we have. No, you haven't. Until I see him, I'm not going to believe. And Jesus does a cool thing. Here you go, mate. Stick your finger right there. It's me. Sarah was impatient. She gets Abraham to have a baby with, with the slave, Hagar. Even though the word of God had come to them. There was a whole bucket load of stuff going on in people we revere today as holy men and women of God. And every one of them had a flaw. Every one of them carried some kind of limp. And it's to our wonderful I don't know, a security that they did because we can say, Abraham got it wrong, but he was the father of nations. He was strong enough in God to, to trust him with Isaac. Zacchaeus, he was short, he was you know, horizontally challenged, so it doesn't matter whether you're tall, long, lanky, it doesn't make any difference. Abraham was old when he had that. Lazarus was dead for crying out loud, and he still has a message to tell. And God says, for my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. 
See, I don't know where you're at today. I don't need to know where you're at today, but God does. Do you trust him? Do you trust him with your life? With his plan for your life? Let me just read a couple of things, and I'm almost finished. So the thing I picked up, if you've been listening on the radio, why weren't you listening on the radio? You might have heard this. It says this, I'm a Christian. When I say I'm a Christian, I'm not shouting that I'm clean living, I'm whispering I was lost, but now I'm found and forgiven. When I say I'm a Christian, I don't speak with pride. I'm confessing that I stumble and I need Christ to be my guide. When I say I'm a Christian, I'm not trying to be strong, professing that I'm weak. That's what I'm saying. And I need his strength to carry on. When I say that I'm a Christian, I'm not bragging of success. I'm admitting that I failed and I need God to clean up my mess. When I say that I'm a Christian, I'm not claiming to be perfect. My flaws are far too visible, visible, but God believes that I'm worth it. When I say I'm a Christian, I still feel the sting of pain. I have my share of heartaches, so I call upon his name. And when I say I'm a Christian, I'm not holier than you. I'm just a simple sinner who's received God's grace somehow. God has a plan for your life. God has, he wants you to be perfectly imperfect in order that his perfection and his glory and his manifestation and his provision and his miracle can shine through your life. Because when people see the broken you or the person that you are and they go, what on earth was that all about? They can go, God did that. It wasn't me, it was God did that. And that's what changes your life. So here's our, po- our positive reference. If you have a negative, you have to have a positive. I was taught that some time ago. John 3.16. We talked about it last time I was here. You're so loved. You're so loved by God. Jeremiah 29.11. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. You see, I love that. Because actually, that's God speaking to me saying, Hey, Rob, I know the plans that I've got for you. I know you think you know. But I know the one, and, and they're good ones. Psst, guess what? They're good plans. Yeah, but God, I can't. Yeah, but they're my plans. They're not yours. They're, I know the plans that I have for you. Sometimes we forget that's how that's written. God's in the mix of it all. Okay, Psalm one hundred and thirty-nine. I want to read this. And for some reason, it's gone to Psalm 134, and it shouldn't have done that. Why does it do that? Here we go. Uh, reading from verse 1, uh, about 18 verses. Let me, let me just read to you. O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit, when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it, Lord. You know it completely. You hem me in from behind and before. and You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? 
Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And we think God's not in control. If I say, surely to the darkness will hide me, even there your light will become a light around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day. For darkness is as light to you. I love this. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now tell me you're a mistake. God knits us together. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Warts and all. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. That's how great God's plan is for us. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast the sum of them. God thinks about you more than you could ever believe or imagine. But I'm not good enough. Oh, he loves you so much. He has so much for you. How vast are the sum of his thoughts about you. That's what the psalmist writes. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. I love this last line. And I'm going to finish on this verse. It says, when I awake... I am still with you. God never leaves us. His thoughts never leave us. His plans never change for us. He has a plan. He has uh, something that he wants you to do, that only you can do, that he, de- he desires for you to do this, and he wants you to know that your faults are not to be your hang-ups. They are not to be the thing that stops you working in the kingdom of God. People can walk through you these things. God can look at you and go, now let's work together and see what we're going to do. So today, stop thinking that you're no good. Stop planning for the day that you'll be perfect because actually that's the day you go home to glory. Come on. Scripture says we're being, we are being transformed to be like him. It's a process. Stop thinking when I am more like Brian or actually... Forget about Brian. Well, I'm more like Anne. Yeah. Don't, don't be doing that. Okay? Because I know they don't want you to do that. Stop thinking when I'm holy enough because I'm not holy yet. Because you're never going to be holy enough. Stop thinking that you're not clever enough, that you don't know your Bible enough, that you don't even know how to pray. The disciples had walked with Jesus for years and turned around to him and said, Hey, Jesus, do us a favor. Yeah, what's that? Teach us how to pray. Duh. And Jesus went into this whole big falutin thing and this whole big degree thing and this formula that made... He went, no. He said, when you pray, do it this way. Daddy, our Father, Abba. Some, some scripture says, and that's not about the, the group. That's Abba, the word for Daddy, the word for Father. It was so simple. So simple. Stop saying why God wouldn't want to use me. It's the biggest lie we tell ourselves. God will never use me because. Stop doing it. 
from this day forward, stop doing it. Instead, start saying, here I am, send me. Hear the voice of God, here I am. I know you have a plan for me. It says it in your word, so help me find out what that is, God. God, I'm scared, but I want to step out in faith. Will you hold me? And he will. God, Jesus died for me, now let me live for him. What's your plan for me? God, let me be like so many in the Bible, flawed and imperfect. But as they were, let me be a man or a woman after your own heart. Amen. Ryan. Wow. Okay. There's a word for today. <laughs> um, if you want prayer, don't leave, please. If you're sitting there and you actually don't know what you want to do with your life, or you want God wants to do with your life, don't leave without without praying. Don't take take another five minutes and uh, and stay and let let someone pray with you. Let God talk to you even more directly, just into your life. Amen. Um, let's pray, and then we'll go have a cup of tea. Thank you so much, Robbie. That was a word in season for me and for many, I'm sure. Amen. Our slogan is no perfect people allowance. Uh, so it fits in very well, even with that. Father, thank you that you use people. You don't have to. You just let us be part of what you do. Um, thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for each and every one in here. Thank you that as people even right now are sitting, that you're speaking to their hearts that you're drawing them closer to you, that you're opening their mind up to new opportunities, to new ideas, or maybe to old ideas that have been squished by other people. Lord, I pray today you release creativity, love, compassion, courage, strength, and risk. That today would be the end of fear. Today will be the end of the lawyers that have stopped us doing, moving, creating, taking the chance, stepping out. Today will be the end of that, Lord. The 5th of August, 2018, will be the end of living in fear. And it will be the day that we step into our destiny. And I pray that for every person in this room, Lord, and for the kids and the kids club as well, that it's not just for the older ones, but it's for the young ones. It's not that we're too, we can never be too old or too young. And I love that it doesn't matter what went before. It's from now on. So Lord, I pray you release that into their hearts and minds in this place. I pray that you release your grace. I pray this week that you would be with us morning, noon and night, Lord God. We would know your presence. We would know your strength. We would know your courage. And we would know your blessing. And I ask it in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Have a great week, guys. See you tomorrow at the barbecue, hopefully. Please go have tea, coffee, hang.